once forged in the fires of PR and journalism, Curtis Dewar and Corey Westbrook united to create C-Squared. Now on our podcast, we interview musicians and other industry professionals to give you an inside look on how to take your music to the next level. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the C Squared podcast with Corey and Curtis. Today, we are unsupervised and unscripted, and it it could be unconventional or completely conventional for us. But today, we are going to be going over organic social media and why it is important to grow your social media following organically. We've already touched on some ways to do this, but we haven't really talked about why it's important. And it's really because the whole idea of fake it till you make it does not really apply when it comes to social media followers. No. So, but first of all, so let's let's just kind of start at the beginning here. So uh, the main platforms we're going to be talking about are Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Instagram. We are not going to be going over TikTok or anything like that because neither one of us really knows much about TikTok. Um, and YouTube, we don't really, I don't think we really need to go into today. Uh, but for starters, um, number one thing is that you need to be on all, all the, all the social medias, like all those ones that we, you got to be on them. That's the number one first thing. Uh, second, second thing is you want to focus on organic growth versus paid growth as an immediate action. So when you're starting out your social mediums, um, you're going to be, you're going to have no one there. Everybody knows that you're just not going to have anybody. So if you're a day, so if you're a new band, um, you're going to have low numbers as a first thing. So usually what most people do when they're first starting out, I'm going to get a couple things. And I'm going to shoot it over to Corey, um, is that first thing that they do is they get people to like the page by inviting people like their friends is a, usually a first thing. The band will get their friends to like the page as a starting starting point. Then if they have anybody else, uh, if they have anybody on their mailing list or anything like that, they'll invite people to like that way. So what are some other organic ways a band can start getting organic followers other than what I just said, Corey? Uh, Engaging in groups. So there are a million groups on Facebook that you can go and engage with. Um, They're usually broken up by genre. You can engage with meme groups. You can do things like that to um, put your name out there and promote your band. You can go engage, and this is good on all social media platforms, go engage with people who have, or bands that have um, a similar style to yours, but do so in a meaningful and um, authentic way, rather than leaving like a little heart emoji or something like that. Um, Say, hey guys, you did a wonderful job on your new video, super awesome can't wait to see more from you things like that mm-hmm. that you know create a, a back and forth between you and these other bands because chances are if they're similar to you their audience is probably going to like you as well you can also engage with publications like metal injection again do so in a meaningful way because if you become super spammy with your self-promotion you will most likely be shadow banned in which case It'll only be us and you that can see your posts. Um, so again, do so in, an, in a meaningful way um, with the engagement. Go and create content that people like to see. Easy, yep. low-hanging fruit is memes. They're super simple and generally pretty funny. Um, 
You can also create, if you're an artist, share some of your artwork. If you like to cook, share some like pieces of your life that people can really engage with. And the fans, the limited pool of fans that you have will start to share and become your advocate the more emotionally invested they are in you and your band. And the best way to do that is to show them who you actually are. Yep. If you nerd out over something, nerd out in public. Like if you are a super Star Wars fan and you do, you know, like some sort of doomy kind of metal or something like that, that that kind of an audience, the sci-fi audience would identify with, then share that. I mean, Alpha Buddhist does that kind of stuff where they share the things that they're super into with their audience. Yep. And it works. Yep. The key thing that Corey just brought up is you got to do a lot of engagement with groups. You got to do a lot of engagement with other people, um, sharing stuff. But the key thing is the engagement part. Um, so as, as a first thing I just want to bring up too, is it's not an immediate, um, it's usually not immediate where you go from like zero followers to a few thousand followers. It usually takes a period of a few months mm -hmm. and it takes a lot of push and posting at first in order to kind of break through and get people to even notice who you are. Uh, sometimes you can, sometimes you can fluke out and you can start getting follows right away, but it's usually not that likely. Cause like, if you look at almost any band, um, any band that got big, that is fairly well known on social media right now, it usually was a push of like months to years in order to get them to a point where they had like a massive following. But the key thing is that you have to engage and you have to actually be talking to people and stuff like that in order for you to grow. So <clears throat> Corey, can you bring up um, really quickly? So actually I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something on it first. So first of all, if you're a new band and you have super inflated numbers, that's always going to be a, a warning sign. So mm -hmm. how do I wanna phrase this? So like, let's say that if you're a brand new band, you only have one single out, and you have, for example, 40,000 likes on Facebook. Doesn't really look right. I know that sometimes people will advocate to, you know, get some fake followers or get some, get some inflated numbers in order to make yourself look good. And while that can help a little bit, you want to try your best to keep it on the organic side. Because if you, for example, have 40,000 followers, but only like a thousand of them are legit or people that actually you know, want to listen to you, you're going to have a low engagement rate. Can you kind of go over that a little bit, Corey? So a good rule of thumb when it comes to engagement on your personal social medias is you want to aim for at least 5% of your audience engaging with each of your posts at any given time. Mm -hmm. So if you have 40,000 followers, but only, you know, a thousand of them are legit, you're never going to hit that 5%. Everybody's going to know what you did to get those followers, i.e., you know, buying them or doing or gathering them in an inauthentic way, mm -hmm. um, whether they're bought or whether they're bots. So the two different type of bot there, mm -hmm. purchased versus robotic. Mm -hmm. um, so everybody's going to know and it's it's going to be it'll look worse than having a small but very engaged following of you know a few thousand people but you're getting 10 15 20 percent engagement on your posts that looks so much better than having a massive following with nobody listening to you and yep. i can tell you from you know personal conversations that i've had that major record labels look at your engagement 
So if you're if you're out there shopping for a you know a label for your album and they go to your socials and they see nobody's listening to you, they're gonna pass because they already it's like, oh cool, they've made music, but nobody's listening to it, nobody's paying attention. Yeah, so, you have you kind of you you do wanna look big, but at the same time you don't wanna look fake big because anybody can spot fake big from a mile away. Mm-hmm. So like your band with forty thousand followers again, you have one single. Uh, nobody's engaging with your post. That's just it. It it looks good at a glance, maybe, but it doesn't like, even look good at a glance anymore. Because the moment yeah. somebody looks at your first post and sees that you have forty thousand followers, but one like on your post, yeah. they bounce because yeah. they know they know it's fake. Or have like two plays on their SoundCloud and like a hundred thousand followers on Facebook or something like that. It it, it looks, yeah. So. Let's just talk about um, inflating numbers just for a couple more minutes here. So it can look like I know at one point a few years ago, it looked really it, it, it was I know a lot of people were doing it and a lot of people have fucked up their accounts now from doing that. Um, I, I we had a client who I'm not going to name. I think it was when Corey was here, but I, I'm not sure um, who actually had this problem where they had gone out. They'd gotten a bunch of um, they'd gotten a bunch of follows and likes from people that weren't authentic and now they were having a problem with getting their their music actually in front of the right people so they'd make a post it wouldn't actually go to the right people so then there was low engagement so you kind of have to think long term um Mm -hmm. with facebook especially it's really not that big of a deal anymore because the algorithm is so fucked up like even if you like even if you do have a lot of followers it really doesn't matter because even even then people are still aren't going to aren't going to really see the post so you're best off trying to do organic reach through Instagram and Twitter would be my thought. What are your thoughts on this, Corey? I agree. And it, it, that does bring up a very good point about the algorithm. If you have a bunch of fake followers or purchased followers, then whenever you put something out there, you're not going to get any return on the investment of the time that you put in to make this post or to create this album or release this single because it's not going to reach anybody that actually wants to hear it. And that's the whole problem. It's like, you're not going to sell any merch. You're not going to sell any tickets. You're not going to like, nobody's going to pay attention and you're not going to get anything for having those followers, which is why I say having a small, but very engaged audience is far more valuable than having a big, broad audience of people who aren't listening to you. Yeah, and it's not just the problem with bands with doing this. I mean, there's, I mean, I've seen do this. Yeah, I've, seen, I've seen brands, I've seen companies, I've seen individuals. Like, I've seen a lot of people do this, and it's just a very poor practice. Yeah, and at one point it probably made sense, but now mm-hmm. it it doesn't make any sense really to do it as much anymore because it's it, it's just not worth your time and effort. But again, it's not just musicians that do this. It's blogs, brands, different things. Yeah. So in my day job, part of my my job is choosing specific people, content curators, things like that to work with. The first thing I look at isn't the number of followers, it's the engagement rate. And I've been looking at the engagement rate for probably the past six or seven years. I never, I never look at the followers first. I look can, second. Can you explain what you mean when you say engagement rate? I know what you mean, but if you can kind of explain that. Basically, I take the number of engagements, so that's likes and comments and things like that on a given post, and I compare it to the audience size. And if it's hitting that threshold of 5%, 
then that's a good threshold. You yeah. want more than that, but 5% is a good minimum for. Okay. So, but again, um, what, so you think 5% is the bare minimum or is that like it? I, I would say that it's the, the minimum for me okay. personally, I like to see it higher. Yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, it, it's a good kind of baseline for, for what you're looking for. But, uh, one example of somebody who has an absolutely phenomenal engagement rate mm -hmm. is, um, Ludovico technique. If you go and look at their Instagram, it is anywhere between 5% and 20% on any given post. So they clearly have an audience that is very engaged with what they're doing. They figured out how to reach their audience and what their audience is looking for. So that is a band that people should go and look at and see how they're interacting with their audience, what they're kind of posting and how they really dialed in their content to get people to pay attention. And this is a clearly organic audience just based on the amount of engagement. Cool. Shout out to Ben from Ludovico Technique, or however you pronounce it. I'm not even sure if we're pronouncing it correctly. Um, so, okay. Instagram. <laughs> so now next up here, so let's just kind of talk about here with uh, growing, more about growing organically now that we've talked a little bit about fake. Oh, actually one more thing on fake. So fake is not just on Facebook. There are people that have fake, fake accounts on Instagram and Twitter as well. So it, what we're talking about with not even necessarily fake, but boosted numbers, like with people that have been, aren't really fans or whatever. So like, we're not just talking about Facebook follows, but also make sure you're not doing this with Twitter or Instagram or even TikTok for that matter. Um, one other thing too, just to bring it up is another thing that I've seen people advocate trying to go with um, inflating numbers on YouTube or SoundCloud as well to make things look bigger than they are. So can you kind of what would be some ways you could detect whether the play numbers were inauthentic? Um, I would look at plays versus likes and comments. Yep, same. Uh, yeah, so plays versus likes and comments. If the likes and comments are really, really low in comparison to the amount of plays, then obviously that's somebody that's, you know, that's, that's fudging their numbers. And okay. I mean, there are ways to run ads on YouTube that will get you bigger numbers, but they will do so also in an authentic way by targeting a specific audience that will actually still engage with your content. Yeah. So, I mean, I run YouTube ads all the time, but I make sure to pick audiences and really dial them down to ones that will leave a comment, leave a like, maybe follow or subscribe or whatever. So, mm -hmm. I mean, if it's, if they have 10 subscribers and a hundred thousand views, something's off. Yeah. If they, have, if they have one comment on a video with 500,000 views, something is off. Yep. But at the same time, you can, it, it is possible where you could have a high number of plays versus a low number of comments at the same time. And you will always have way more plays than you will comments. Yeah. Um, that's just a, a fact. Yeah. Um, but you can usually tell if it's like, you know, a hundred thousand views, like I said, but they have one yeah. to, you know, 10 comments or something like that, then there's something fudgy there. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. so, okay. So 
And I mean, the real reason why people do these types of things is out of desperation. Like if you're trying to find a label or something like that, that's usually the reason if you're trying to get shows. But the key thing is, is like, you have to kind of look at it from the viewpoint of <clears throat> like, even if you do fool the label or even if you do fool the promoter, no one's going to be buying your music. What were you going to say? And there's a really good example of somebody who did this. Ooh. And that is Threaten. Yeah, Threaten. That's right. I forgot about Threaten him. Threaten is the king of the fake social media presence. He is. Now, let's talk about him for a second because um, I had two of his two of his members on my prior podcast, in actual fact. I don't know if you're aware of that or not. But, yeah. Um, and we talked to them extensively about it. So, the thing with Threaten is he bought, wasn't it like, a hundred thousand likes or something goofy like that it was like a fucking ton, and a ton of ridiculous like followers likes views he bought all of them and he got so much press he got rolling stone he got ap he got absolutely everything and he still didn't sell shit to my understanding and he still couldn't even he did a show in london at the underworld i think it was and he only attracted i think it was like five people or something or no, sorry, 20 people, but they were all press except for something like five people. So he didn't make any money. He got all this attention. But that was just because of the fact that he was fake. So it didn't actually land, go and uh, get him any sales or anything like that. So where, we, where are we going with this? Um, so the thing is, is that people, like, even if you get the record deal, even if you get the press or whatever as a result of doing this, it's still not going to translate into anything. What were you going to say, Court? No, I was, I was going to say... It like even if you get the record deal, if you get the press, if you book the shows, people are going to find out. Yeah. And it's, it's going to be horrifically embarrassing, number one. Uh, number two, you'll probably end up blacklisted in the industry yeah. and nobody's going to ever want to work with you again. Even if you can somehow manage manage to build a, a strong audience and try to come back from this, everybody's going to remember you for that. And yeah. people aren't going to want to work with you. Yeah, especially if it's for a show, like if you get signed by a label and you made it sound like you have like 100,000 fans and you've literally only sold like one tape in your entire life, it's going to bite you in the ass. Like, it's just going to fucking, you're, you're, you're going to get screwed. Um, one other thing I also want to point out is when you are also in negotiation, negotiation with the label, they are going to ask you how much you have in sales. They are going to ask you how much you have in Spotify plays. They are going to ask you how much you have in YouTube views and all the rest of it. So unless you're planning on fudging all those numbers, which I guess you could, um, you know, you're going to be in for a very rough time. But again, if you get, if they do sign you, they're going to find out because you're not going to sell and you're just going to look like a total idiot later. So uh, next up. So would you agree with me that building up Facebook is probably not the best strategy at this point in time? Yeah, I, I would say that, I mean, it's valuable in the sense of being able to post events and yep. being able to create a fan group it is it does have value in that respect but building up a massive facebook following really shouldn't be where your audience is anymore um the algorithm is too fucky for lack yep. of a better term yep. and honestly that audience is aging out and you're not going to be able to reach enough new people to really support your career cool so now uh rapid fire since we got like about six seven minutes left on this podcast here so let's talk about for very briefly advertising because this seems to be the thing where pe there's there's some people preaching the gospel of advertising followers which is fine but can you kind of go over why advertising is not necessarily the best strategy to do initially and that you want to focus on it organic so 
advertising, I've said it a million times, should come last. It should yep. always come last because you, it's expensive, number one. And anybody who says that it isn't is full of shit, really. Mm -hmm. um, because yes, it can be done inexpensively, but to be done right, it is expensive. Yeah. Um, two, by casting a broad net like that, because, okay, let me back up for a second. Yeah. One of the biggest reasons why you don't want to advertise right off the bat is you do not know who your audience is. 100%. You, you do not know who your fans are. You haven't really established a rapport. You haven't established a relationship. You haven't gathered enough data to do ads properly. Yes. So doing them at the beginning is dumb because all you're going to be doing is casting a broad net, bringing in people who are, again, not going to listen to you once you turn the ads off. Yeah. Um, so I, they should always come last when you've gathered who your audience is, where they live, what else they listen to, what countries they're from, what their age is. You're not going to know any of this to do yeah. a proper ad campaign at the very beginning. And by trying to bring in followers that way, you're going to end up with, they may be real profiles, but they are still a fake following. Yeah. Um, so you always want to try with the, you always want to go with the organic as your very first thing. Try that, try that as much as possible before even hitting your ads. And like Corey said before, um, in a different episode, you want to make sure all your socials are up to date. You're doing all your posts and everything like that. Your YouTube looks good. The whole nine yards before you start doing any advertising that, and that includes YouTube, Facebook, uh, Instagram ads as well. And I don't think anybody really does Twitter ads. So that doesn't really matter so whatever no i um, do so i do just want to give a shout out to promoted tweets just for a second because a lot of sure. them are really really funny and ridiculous yep. um so promoted there's tweets a, a profile dedicated to those those promoted tweets that it's just like why um but yeah i really twitter ads unless you're doing something stupid for the sake of gaining attention again that's still going to just lead to a fake following Agreed 100%. Um, so last thing I want to touch on super, super briefly is um, um, I know some places where I think people should look to learn how to do good organic reach, but I want to hear, uh, Corey, do you have any recommendations where what, that people could read or go to to learn how to get better at their organic reach? Any type of tools? Well, there's ours. Ours, yes, that's yeah, true. There's our social media ebook that they can that's get. That is the... Good. A lovely, lovely. That was like the most subtle segue ever, Curtis. Yes, it comes with a super handy dandy uh, checklist for steps that you can take. They are not one time steps. They are mm -hmm. a continuous program that you got to do every day, every week um, to keep your social media following growing in an organic way where people are actually going to listen to you. And people who have actually taken these steps have always told us that they've grown their following by doing that. So if you actually take a read of the book, it's uh, 20 bucks. You can find the link should be in the show notes. If I'm not mistaken, if not, I'm going to be DM me and I will uh, tell you how to purchase this, purchase it, but it's 1999 uh, us dollars. And another thing people can also do is they can also go to our marketing mastery seminar with Lindsay Schoolcraft, which is happening this Friday at five o'clock. I'm going to say the date in case anybody's listening to this later. July 16th, 2021, 
5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's going to be me, Corey, Lindsay. We're going to talk for about an hour and a half to two hours. In the last 30 minutes, Lindsay's going to be answering questions on marketing. Uh, this includes social media type stuff. So if you have any questions on it, make sure you write them down, you bring them. And uh, if you want to sign up for that, you can also find the link in the show notes. And Corey is a master marketer. She's been doing it for 12, 13 years. Lindsay's been doing marketing for like five years, nine years. I can't even remember how long she's been doing her solo career, but a long time. And uh, I know a teeny, teeny little bit about marketing myself. So if you want, if you have any questions about these things, just bring them, sign up, 50 US dollars. Any final words, Corey, before we end off? Nope, I am good on my end. Cool. Party on, Corey. Party on, Curtis. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on your platform of choice. You can also join the conversation by following us on any social media and suggesting guests or topics you'd like to learn more about. Thanks for listening to C-Squared.